Welcome back to the Skits and Giggles podcast. I am Pascal, chief instigator of this show and your host. I'm joined by my co-host and our resident engineer, the ying to my yang, the airwolf to my blue thunder. Bryson, how's it going today, buddy? Yeah, good, Pascal. How are you doing? Um, uh, I'm doing very well. Very well, thank you. Excellent. Well, we have something special for our listeners today. It's sort of a, a special cast. Um, now, I've uh, been doing a little bit of um, alternative mountain biking, aka road biking around Switzerland, in the past few days, and uh, just trying to trying to get up to some mountain tops and things like that. While um, in between the the bouts of the gods in the form of weather, but uh, Pascal, you've been also up in some elevation. Um, but not with a bicycle, or with a bicycle, but actually maybe you should explain this. Well, it was a slightly different mode of transport to my uh, usual modes of transport. Um, I got the, uh, I guess I would say a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, certainly for myself, uh, to go uh, heli-biking. So what that means is uh, instead of using gondolas or funicular or chairlifts or pedaling yourself or an e-bike or a shuttle um you use a helicopter to gain uh, gain the elevation and then uh, ride down from wherever you get dropped off right back down to heli base and uh, off you go again right on sounds super exciting i have not done that but it looks really cool i've seen a lot of pictures and videos of uh, other trips um where what whereabouts what region were you in well, as as uh, our listeners may or may not know, I mean, heli heli traffic, be it for skiing or for biking or whatever it is, um, is uh, relatively uh, limited and restricted. Um, so we um, we uh, cross the border um, into Italy, so the the northern part of Italy, literally just the other side of uh, Splügen Pass, and um, so yeah, so there's a heli base. A uh, you know friend of a friend of a friend of a friend uh, used to be a helicopter pilot there and knows the operating company there, and uh, he made the connections, you know, to get uh, to book the helicopter. But he also knows his way around uh, the area. He's actually done quite a bit of the um, of the exploring of the region in terms of the heli biking. So what that means is kind of like finding out where you know the good drop-off spots are and where you can actually ride down the mountain on some um, some okay trails. And um, so yeah, so he um, planned the whole trip and then made the introduction to the local uh, helicopter company and uh, and sorted that side out for us. So that was was good. Um, the whole weekend was actually a birthday trip for. Um, our friend uh, Beat, who's the you know the shop wrench at Biroma Bikes, um, and so yeah, it was a good group of guys. So the, the usual suspects um, got together to to do this trip, and um, so yeah, uh, it was it was a good time. Sounds like it would have been a blast. I know some of these guys, and of course they love to ride hard, ride free, and uh, yeah, always have a good laugh as well. So now lately, you've been riding with uh, flat pedals. This, I would expect, is a pretty remote region. So uh, what did you choose? The reliability of the flats or the more security of the clips? Well, actually, I did. Um, uh, I maintained my, my flats. Uh, I was thinking about it um, to go back to clips, but uh, I was thinking, well, there's going to be some, um, 
some some hiker biking. So the second day, um, there was unfortunately no more helicopters. So we did. Um, uh, there was a bit of a hiker bike uh, in, in the morning to to get back to um, where the the downhill started. And uh, yeah, and then and, you know, again moving around the mountainside, you, you don't really know the, the terrain, and uh, you know probably a lot of rocks and slippery stuff. So they're generally a bit better off with uh, the firm footedness of a of an, a regular shoe or flat shoes, and um, rather than having you know the ballerina slippers with the cleats at the bottom and uh, and slipping out on rocks and stuff, and that's not much fun. So uh, and I don't have dedicated SPD hiking boots type shoes. So um, so yeah. So the the natural the natural pick was to just stick to flat pedals, which is uh, you know I think the right thing to do in the end. Definitely. You mentioned a hike a bike there. So uh, I mean, in uh, Switzerland, it's not uncommon to find uh, alpine areas where you can go even sometimes with your bike, um, and also some other places that you can try to hike into and out. Um, and that basically uh, rings the bell for me. And the the keyword there is remote. So you're going to a place where typically, well, maybe not typically, but uh, for a large part, only a helicopter goes. I guess a few people brave uh, taking um, some sort of uh, small motorized transport up there. But um, for the convenience, probably a helicopter is most most used, uh, which means that you don't get a lot of people coming up either, which means there probably isn't a designated trail builder up there. So what kind of trails would you find? <laughs> yeah, well, I guess the, the trail builders were, you know, they've been uh, working for centuries and uh Decades, uh, I would think. Um, but yeah, so as you say, right? So <clears throat> the flip side to you know the ease of access or you know the remoteness with a helicopter and, and getting to places where you normally don't get that easily is, of course, that you know you won't be finding a a nicely groomed bike park. Um, so yeah, so most of the trails uh, that we rode were you know old Italian hiking trails you know um old or well-loved moto tracks or quad tracks that uh, just go up the side of the the mountain and uh or um as it was the case on uh, on the second day that was basically i think we decided in the end because we couldn't quite figure it out but we decided in the end it was some sort of an old uh, goat track or a horse cart track that was used to build the dam that was in that valley. So it was basically, you know, in places maybe one and a half to two meters wide, um, you know, stone, like almost like a cobblestone street or like a cobblestone path that uh, was put together. And of course, because it's been used for a very long time and uh, and it being Italy, it kind of... Uh, starts falling apart in some places in other places it's still very nice and upkept and uh and a lot of switchbacks which obviously was good for for you know on the, on the back of our trip to school there was a lot of practice on the switchback side um so yeah so it was, uh, it, was it was good fun so um overall it's, it's of course um very different um than if you go to a bike park where you have you know machine builds wide, purpose-built uh, mountain bike trails with big jumps and 
uh, nice and flowy and uh, and everything lines up and uh, you don't need to worry about anything um so yeah if, uh, if i look at those two days and as i said i was like hiking trails there was quad tracks there was um goat tracks so that's yeah obviously it's very very different than than if you go to a bike park that's for sure so you mentioned two days. I mean, this is a full weekend. If I'm going to spend uh, an evening with these characters, um, I might not bake it down the hill the next day. So how did you survive the night? Oh, well, yeah, we did. It was, again, we, we had um, this friend of a friend of a friend of a friend who, who knows the, the area very well, and he had some connections to... Um, uh, to one of these um, alpine huts that you find in the, in the Alps, right? So it's like on what is it, twenty one hundred meters behind a behind a dam. So on the lake of a dam, very very nice. Um, a little hut. You got everything you need. You know, it's got a kitchen. It's got a nice oven. It's got running water. It's got solar power. So it's like really. Really, really, really nice. And the nice thing actually was that it was off grid, so everyone had to put their phones away. So it was actually some some really good quality time. And and of course, it being on twenty one hundred meters meant that uh, you know it gets chilly, chilly pretty quickly. And so you know, big bonfires were made, and uh, you know, beers around the fire, and then getting into the house and having a nice big pot of pasta. And then of course, as the the evening wore on, there were the old shenanigans with drinking games and a couple of throwbacks to my ski school days and all a bunch of the guys that were in the group are also ski guides and ski instructors so they know they knew the odd game or two and uh yeah so it was a uh, it was it was a good a good and fun good good fun evening and uh yeah so then we just stayed the night in the hut and then the next morning cleaned up after ourselves and then Started to hike a bike from from the hut back to the the front of the dam where the the last downhill started and the last downhill was a yeah I would say we you know we left the dam at around eleven and we were down in the valley in Kiavenna by quarter past two two thirty so I mean it's not like we race down the hill but it's just a you know you're you're riding quite a bit of course you're waiting quite a bit you're taking breaks have a little snack uh, wait for everyone to regroup. And uh, and yeah, so I mean, where where else can you do three hour runs, um, you know, without I don't know taking multiples of uh, funiculars or gondolas or long uphill pedals or whatever it is, and uh, and yeah, so that was I think that was the cool thing, right? So where 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 can you do two thousand meter downhill runs with a three minute uplift? Apart from heli biking, it's just not possible, and I think that was the coolest thing. Right on. So again, we got to drill at home. This is a really remote situation. You mentioned hike a bike again, and um, your description of the trails. Uh, you're definitely uh, correct when you say it's not uh, groomed and and prepared like a like a bike park would be, or even a trail center. Um, some, some would even say jank. So just, uh, just a nod to some of our listeners out there. I want to make sure we have a, a jargon check in place. So Pascal, what's your definition of jank? Uh, 
well, the definition of jank, I mean, you know, you can take it in the, in the literal textbook sense, you know, which is obviously means it's something is falling apart. It's not quite in its original state. Um, it's uh, generally quite, quite old. Um, um, yeah, so, and, uh, you know, of course, it's, it has its connotations depending on where you ride. Um, if you, you know, follow the social media of the Rocky, Rocky Mountain uh, racing team, then they have their interpretation of jank, which is basically anything that's European. Um, and, uh, or old Alpine trails is generally described as janky. And, yeah, but I mean, for me personally, janky, I mean, quite as a, in the literal sense. So in this case of the weekend, you know, those, uh, those hiking trails, they, they have been in use for, for decades, if not centuries. Um, in some parts they, they're maintained and people are looking after them In other parts they're absolutely not. And, and you, you know, you have to wade through trees and, and bushes and stuff to, to actually find the next section of the trail. And, and, you know, there's hidden rocks and, and the feet, you know, the features don't, or features, it's not necessarily a feature. I mean, it, maybe 50 years ago it was, staircase and now it's just a pile of rocks and somehow you need to find you need to find your way down and uh, so yeah so it's not in its original state um it's mostly quite old and uh, and, and in one way or the other it's uh, it's fallen apart a little bit but on the other hand if you enjoy that kind of stuff uh, it, it's quite interesting and challenging to ride and um and yeah so i, I had to, some good times I would definitely uh, be up there trying to pick it apart, trying to see where I could find a little bit of a little bit of flow through the through the jank. And there's another jargon word. Oh my gosh, I'm just spewing them out. Dang. Flow. Oh, flow. So yeah, well, <laughs> that's actually a funny, a funny side story. Is that um, you know Johnny, the the guy that organized the trip, or the guide, if you will. Um, he always talked about, um, you know, there it is, the second descent, you know, it's quite flowy. And we're like, oh, okay, cool, it's quite flowy. So, you know, got up there, started riding the trail, and it was like this blown out moto track, you know. And of course, there was some terrible weather over the last uh, days and weeks before our trip. And, you know, with like hundreds of liters of waters and, you know, rivers flowing down the mountain and there has been landslides and there's been you know some pretty gnarly weather going through that region and we come to that uh, that quad track and it's just it looks like a blown out riverbed there's like sandy loose rocks everywhere you know bikes and wheels look like they've been mauled by a bear afterwards and uh and yeah then they were like riding for five Riding for ten minutes, riding for fifteen minutes, riding for twenty minutes, and we were like, "So, uh, when does the flowy part start?" <laughs> and, uh, and he was just like, "Well, well, this is the flowy part." And they're like, "Well, what do you mean with flow?" And then he's like, "Well, you know, I've I've heard a lot of mountain bikers talk about flow, and they always thought that means it's fast." <laughs> and uh, so yeah, so I mean, generally that's not what we mean when it's flowy. Generally, when we mean it's flowy, is that when so yes, it can be fast, but generally it means that you know the features line up. So let's say take a couple of berms or a couple of jumps or other features like a drop or a rock roll or whatever it is. But generally, when when we say flow, then we mean 
that there is a natural course of the trail. So almost like you would run a ball. So you would throw a ball down the trail and that ball would roll down the trail in a natural kind of way. And it's the same as when you ride down the trail, you, um, you know, you kind of, you take that turn and then that lines you up right nicely for the jump. And then you take the jump and that lines you up nicely for the next kind of berm. And that lines you up for the next feature, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that can be fast, but it can be slow. It just generally means that, um, yeah, stuff works together and, uh, and there is no, no surprises generally. <laughs> so you generate this sort of continuum as you continue down the trail, you're just always going over features and the speed is, I guess, easily controlled rather than like having to slam on the brakes or having to like put a half to put a few pedal strokes in to make something. It's sort of carrying you along uh, effortlessly almost, I guess you could say. Well, how would you talk about flow? Actually, f- f- like I, I would talk about it in that kind of um, that yoga sense where it's like you you kind of like uh, lose what is it the con- the consciousness like the, your your you're you're in the now so you don't think about what's happening next you don't think what's happening before you you're just as you are um, and then when you're bike riding. You can f- you can generate that or find it. I guess I don't know exactly, um, but uh, yeah, some trails can just do that for you. It just all of a sudden you can uh, look forward and you see everything coming at you and you just go with it. And it could be like something very technical or very steep and scary, but for some reason it's just the way it comes at you. It's just you're just able to navigate and you connect. I think that's how I would describe it. So back to that word remote. Um, now I know you've uh, I, you're a native Swiss, and you've definitely been up in the mountains for a, a large sector of your life, uh, in parts, of course. Um, so you're no stranger to alpine territory and um, and and this sort of terrain. Uh, after going on this trip, where you basically needed a helicopter to reach. And then uh, having such like gnarly descents, um, having to basically rely on your crew because I don't know if uh, you mentioned it yet, but did you did you run into anybody? No, not really. I mean, there was uh, so on the first day that uh, <clears throat> you know that was literally we we got dropped off uh, on, on on an Alp. Or refugio, as it was, so there was like maybe two or three guys that spent the summer up there, you know. <laughs> then all of a sudden, a helicopter shows up and drops off the first crew, and then helicopter leaves again. And then a couple of minutes later, helicopter shows up again with the bikes, and then you know, repeats the process, gets the second crew. And but yeah, so I mean, the <laughs> the funny thing was uh, is that uh, you know people were like super surprised to, well, one, have a helicopter land on their doorstep on a Saturday afternoon. And uh, secondly, also because, you know, we came up there with bikes and they're like, what the hell are you doing here? I mean, bikes, really? What are you going to do? And I was like, well, we're going to ride down to the valley again. What? You're riding down here? Oh, you need some sustenance for that. Come on in. Let's let's have a coffee. Do you want a beer um, or anything else? Do you want something to eat? 
<laughs> we were like, no, 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 it's all good, it's all good. But you know, we, we eventually we stayed, we stayed for coffee, and then and then uh, started the, the day with the with the first downhill. But um, but yeah, it is, uh, you know, as we said, it is quite remote. So the on the first two uh, runs on Saturday, um, there was no one on those hiking trails. So that was you know, an hour downhill run, and there was literally no one. I don't think there was even a Strava segment on any of those uh, <laughs> on any of those runs um, because that's again you know that's the that's the the, the the flip side to to all of this right so it's, it's you know it's it's not upkept it's not there's no high traffic areas it's not people are not looking at it with the mindset of mountain bikers coming down those trails and you know in some t- in some spots that means it, it it works out quite nicely for mountain bikes and others it. It means it's uh, you need to get off and, and carry your bike for a couple of meters and then get back on. Um, but yeah, so it was it was it was nice to have that right because if you ride in Switzerland in, in some of the alpine spots that we usually ride, you know, chances are you will find someone at some stage and, and run into someone and uh, you know, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it's just something you have to be on the lookout for, especially when when you're riding in let's say high traffic areas and in, in high. Uh, traffic times of the day you know you, you can't be going at race pace because you have to be on the lookout for someone coming around the next corner and we could actually uh yeah so <laughs> that was not a worry this weekend so certainly not on saturday on sunday there was a little bit more traffic on that uh, on that path just because that uh, that dam is uh, apparently a popular a popular hiking destination. so some people you know take the car to the the highest most uh, points that you can get to and then hike up to the dam um, to enjoy the view. It's a beautiful view up there. We can post some pictures later on and um, and then hike, hike back down. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> as we, we rocked up to the dam, it was around 11 and they you know, looked at us as if you know we were from a different planet and it's like, what are you guys doing here? It's like, oh yeah, we are, we're going to ride down to the valley again and you know, then... So yeah, on the on the way down, obviously we met a couple of other hikers, and you know a lot of cheering, and they're like, "Come on, guys, you can do it!" On every difficult feature, and and like being super impressed. So, so yeah, it was it was really nice to see. All right, so back to my uh, my last question. Uh, I wanted to end it with another question, actually, and it was: Now that you've had this experience, um, would you uh, rewrite your definition of remote? Um, no, not necessarily. I mean, I've done, I've done some, some, you know, really remote stuff here in in Switzerland where, you know, where you're, you're off grid, you're, uh, even in Switzerland, you're off grid, right? So we, we pride ourselves in our high coverage of mobile, uh, phone service. Um, you know, where you're, you know, if something goes wrong, you're an hour, two hours, you know, depending uh, outside of outside of let's say civilization, um, or you have to be flown out with a helicopter. Um, shout out to Rega, our national air rescue service. Um, but then again, you know, I've I've done um, you know some some racing and, and and touring in Canada, for example, where the definition of remote is very different than it is here, right? So because they're you you add the component of wildlife depending depending on where you are. We don't have the problems of bears or wolves.
wolves or or any of that uh, in Switzerland necessarily. Um, but uh, yeah, so in in Canada, so for example, during the BC bike race, you are you are sometimes 10, 15, 20 kilometers uh, away from the next uh, the next civilization, depending on if something goes wrong, then you're really out in the bush and and you know you need some serious help to get out there. And if you need to walk out, then that's a, a long day in the office, I would say. And um, but to bring that back to to this weekend, I mean. You know, yes, you're remote, and yes, you're in these these mountain valleys that not many people go to, and apart from um, a couple of the locals that have their Alp huts there and spend the summer up there because it's too too hot in the valley. Um, so, I mean, there's you know maybe within half an hour you're somewhere where there's another hut or a refugio, so like a rescue hut or whatever, um, where you at least can find some cover and hopefully some kind of communication device um and uh but yeah i mean you're you know we're the, the longest flight we did was uh, i think seven minutes so you're not that it's remote yes but it's not like you're um a million miles away from civilization yeah it was my time um doing a little bit of guiding and uh as well as uh having like learned about avalanche safety and things i've always i was always um motivated to carry a a decent a sized uh first aid kit did you have one on you oh yeah I've, i always have one in my in my hip bag so that's actually a leftover from uh from bc bike race because uh for um for for people that i've done the BC bike race, they uh, or have not done, but want to know about it. But uh, is uh, one of the um, minimum equipment uh, requirements they have is that you have uh, a first aid kit with. Um, uh, you need to have space blankets. You need to have a whistle. You need to have um, something to make a fire. You need to because again, you know, some some of the parts of those that, that race are, are pretty remote, so you need to be able to to look after yourself. Um, so I need the usual bandages and stuff like that. So I, uh, yeah, so I carried that, and um, uh, we had two or three more. So if if something really went horribly wrong, then I think we would have been uh, in an okay position to uh, to look after ourselves. Um, I brought my usual uh, rescue bag for for my bike stuff. With uh, I think even Telmo brought a derailleur hanger this time. Um, and uh, so yeah, so the, the the usual stuff that you need, and as it was actually the uh, Johnny, the the guide, um, he had a bit of a mishap on the on the second uh, run of the day on Saturday, and uh, tore parts of his derailleur off, so had to do a chainless run uh, down the valley, and <laughs> on on a Saturday afternoon at um, around four o'clock in rural Italy had to find another <laughs> another rear derailleur to be able to ride on Sunday, uh, which magically, I don't don't ask me how he did it, but somehow magically he managed uh, to arrange for another uh, another derailleur uh, on the quick quick and easy because uh, when we rocked up to uh, to the heli base for the last uh, uh, the last lift of the day, then uh, he was already back with uh, with his fixed bike. So I guess he knows a guy. Kudos, Johnny. 
yeah, I can imagine with this crew, things could get a little bit rowdy, but also there's definitely key individuals there um, that would help patch it all up and and get out because, you know, you have some pretty resourceful uh, people in that group as well. Um, but the day didn't go without more mishaps. Oh, yeah. Did you I, have a uh, little bit of a oopsie? <laughs> I did have a little a little uh, over the bars moment. And uh, the funny thing with that was that um, there's a number of interesting things. So one, uh, I made the uh, silly mistake to not completely think through my equipment choice for this weekend. So I have a, a kit bag that I always use that... Uh, you know, it's a very generous size. I think it can fit up to 46 liters. But the good thing is you can just throw all your stuff that you need for a weekend. You just throw it in the bag. It fits a helmet. You can put all your pads in there, water bottles, you know, toiletries, whatever it is that you need. Throw it in there. Everything is fine. Put it on your back. Off you go. So I did that because that's what I normally do. And then as we rock up for the last lift on Saturday... And I look at the other guys and everyone is having these tiny little backpacks. And I was like, what am I doing here with this big thing? And then, uh, yeah, so I was like, didn't quite think through that I have to ride the whole day, the next day, uh, with this big backpack. But yeah, anyway, so the good thing is that the, the backpack has has a relatively good harness. So it wasn't too too much of an issue. It's just that uh, uh, it was a bit bigger than, than, uh, than I would have wanted. And of course, if someone has extra capacity uh, in his backpack, that means that uh, people are asking him to carry their stuff that they don't want to carry on their backpack. So I was carrying other people's rain jackets and the extra food that we still had in the hut. And so, yeah, so it was a big, quite a big backpack in the end. But um, anyway, coming back to the mishap. So it was, uh, yeah, so as I said, it was a, it was a long run. Um, and then, you know, we, pull up to maybe the last section of trail, maybe another 50 meters. You could already see the road down um, where, where it ended. Um, we got off the bikes, walked down a little bit to look at it, and then you know, we started talking to each other and joking. It was like, oh, wouldn't that be funny? Come on, like the last piece of trail and something happens here. You know, let's not have any, let's not have any false pride. You know, if it doesn't work, we just get off the bike and walk it. And then go back to the top, start riding. And then, you know, first few wobbles, it was like, nah, that's not worth it. Got off the bike, walked it. And then after the, the feature, kind of uh, got back on the bike and it was literally straight down a stair. Really not, really not that difficult. And, uh, but somehow I managed to catch my wheel on one of the steps. And then, you know, as it, as it happened, then... <laughs> You know, get over the front of the bike. And then, of course, with the added dynamic of a heavy backpack, that kind of completely pushed me over the front of the bike and then kind of went uh, over the bars and uh, down, the side of the, uh, down the side of the staircase. And then, of course, luckily managed to kind of turn myself around. So I landed on my backpack. So at the end of the day, the big backpack also saved my day. So uh, I think I was pretty lucky, but... Uh, uh, it was unnecessary <laughs> to have uh, you know a little over the bars moment uh, fifteen or twenty meters from the end of the last trail of the day. Okay, ride, Dad. So you've had a few days to look back on the weekend. Sounds like a fabulous one, filled with highs and lows. Uh, what was uh, was one highlight and one? 
key learning that you could uh, send into our listeners' ears? Oh, um, I mean, the highlight, and uh, yeah, so I mean, the highlight is for sure um, taking the heli because it, uh, yeah, so I've, that was the first time, probably the only time in my life that I will be flying a helicopter. And um, of course, the cool thing was that uh, Johnny, our guide, he kind of knew all the guys that were working the base and he knew the pilot. And of course, he would talk to him and be like, okay, you know, those are my guys. You can, you don't need to take the, the, the very, very, very safest route. You can, you know, let it loose a little bit. And then, of course, in Italy, the, apparently the rules are a little bit more relaxed when it comes to where you fly and how you approach uh, certain things so he in some instances uh, let it hang out a little bit so when and doing the drop-offs and then picking up the bike rack again so kind of doing all the the cool stuff that you know from ski movies and snowboard movies and all these kind of things and uh, of course we were in the helicopter we were all like uh, you know little 12 year olds being super excited and being like oh my god is is the the coolest thing ever so that was that was really really cool and uh you know because it was a it was a birthday present for for Beat, i think it was uh it was also i think a really really cool experience for him you know maybe uh key learning i think we've talked about it already on uh, on some other conversations it's like you know communication and communication is uh is, is, i think it's just very very important when you're when you're uh, moving around the mountain and certainly in, in remote areas. Um, I mean, there's obviously the, <laughs> the, the misunderstanding with the flow. Or well, it's not a misunderstanding, which is, you know, meant different things. But, uh, you know, especially when you have a mixed group, you kind of, uh, you also want to make sure that everyone is kind of uh, comfortable with where you ride and how you ride and what's coming up, etc. And, uh, yeah, so I think that, uh, as always, um, is, is something that you need to make uh, sure that when you go away for the next time with a, with a group that you're not quite not quite sure what the level is of all the different riders is that up front you, you have kind of a, an understanding of what's coming and uh, is everyone okay with that and if not then you probably have to um, have to uh, adapt your plans a little bit so your first helicopter ride sounds fantastic but you also said that it will be your last helicopter ride. Why is that? I'm not saying it's going to be the last helicopter ride, but I mean, uh, I think, um, you know, because of course, you know, sometimes the helicopter is just uh, the right tool for the job. And, uh, you know, certainly the company that we were flying with, I mean, heli biking is not their business. They do that, you know, as a little service on the side for friends, is my understanding. Their main business is flying with the helicopter. They fly, uh, you know, worker crews up to the dams. They fly worker crews up to construction sites in the mountains. They fly uh, uh, materials up uh, into the construction site. They service all these different um, alpine huts and uh, refugios and, and all these kind of uh, mountain infrastructure p- spots. Uh, and yeah, as I say, heli biking is not not featuring on their uh, services list uh, all too prominently. Um, but yeah, and of course, there's the, the angle of, um, you know, the day and age that we live in. We are more uh, aware of our, you know, CO2 footprint, etc. So, you know, 
again, if the helicopter is the right tool for the job, then of course I'm going to use a helicopter. Um, am I going to do multi, um, multiple um, helicopter biking weekends uh, going forward? Probably not, because I don't think that's uh, very sustainable. But, uh, you know, once it was a fantastic experience, I don't want to miss it. And I would think it's one of been, it was one of the, the cooler experiences when it comes to biking, that's for sure. All right. Well, it sounds like it was a very conscious decision. So kudos to you and to the rest of the crew. Um, just want to say thanks for coming on to the podcast. Thanks for recapping your weekend. And to be at alles Gute zum Geburtstag. Cool. Hey, before we close out the show for good, let's just quickly do our spiel with the social and where you guys can find more information about the Skits and Giggles podcast. We're currently most active on our Instagram where you can skid right into our DMs and follow along at Skits and Giggles. And you can find our website with all the relevant links and info under the URL skitsandgiggles.com. Also, if you guys like what we're doing and want to know what's up, just give us a follow on Spotify. Hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to great podcasts. Finally, please keep sharing your episodes with your friends and uh, writing buddies. It really helps us expand our reach and talking to many, many more people um, like you. With that, let's close it out for the day. Talk to you guys the next time. Ciao, Bryson. Ciao, Pascal. Have a good one. You too.